when you're reading the Bible, you ever question yourself and things that you read and uh, you analyze yourself? Well, you know, Paul said we should examine ourselves daily to see if we're still in the faith, but there's things that I read and I say, Lord, am I doing this? You know, am I doing what you want me to do? And, uh, and I said, if there's anything that I'm lacking in, Lord, reveal it to me. Bring it to my mind. You know, let someone speak it and share it. I might experience more of what you want me to experience. Praise the Lord. What does God expect from us? What does He expect? The word expect, now sometimes people can throw out this thought that uh, it's difficult, or I just don't see how I can serve God. He, he's such a big God. And it's like He demands so much. I don't know if I can give it. No, God doesn't demand. If He demanded us to do something, if He pushing with force for us to do something, it wouldn't be a choice, would it? We have to serve Him with a willing heart. We have to serve Him out of just being obedient to Him. So it's not that He's going to demand us once we're saved, once we become a child of God. It's not a means that God now demands. He demands from us everything of what we should do. No, He invites us. He invites us, once we become a child of God, to follow Him. Follow Him. He doesn't make us follow Him. He invites us. It's so much better, you know, when you invite someone to come along with you, to follow along with you, than it is to demand them, I want you to do such and such. They might participate, they might stand there and not want to participate. Might not want to follow. And God invites us once we're saved to follow Christ. To follow the one that set the example before us. Lived it before men on this earth. Spoke what his father spoke to him to share Important things that we need to know. What does God expect from me? The word expect means to consider reasonable. If I expect something of you, I'm just considering something reasonable. I'm expecting. If I'm expecting your help, if I say I'm fixed to do something, you say, I'm going to come over and help you do it. You know, of course, it's going to be difficult doing it alone, so I'm going to come and give you some help. Two, two hands, you know, might 
Might not be able to get it done, but four hands could get it done. So I'm going to come help you. That's just a reasonable. Something reasonable. Also, it is something when we expect it's something that's due. God's expecting you and me to do something that we're due to Him. We're due to Him our life, our time, our ability that He's blessed us and given us to use our means for the Lord. Or again, to expect is something that is necessary. When God expects something of us, it is something that is necessary for us to give attention to. For us to observe. For us to practice. It's necessary for us to do it. Not demanding, but it's necessary. See, that's a different perspective. When God puts it out before us that this is necessary for you to follow. Instead of saying, I demand you to do such. He's a loving God. A God that is not forceful. He can be forceful. But He invites us. He wants to lead us to follow. In Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, Verses 17 through 19. The scripture says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. All the day long. For surely there is an end. And thine expectations shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. And guide thine feet in the way. Oh, Lord, we do thank you for your word tonight. Uh, we thank you, Lord, each time we have the privilege to read your word, to share your word. We ask for the guidance of the Holy Ghost on this message. We ask for his anointing to anoint your messenger. Help us to speak the words, Lord, in obedience to you as to what you would have us to speak, that it would be edifying. It would build up the ears and the hearts that it falls upon. Oh, Lord, come minister to us in this service. Come and give yourself to us in this service. We invite your presence. We invite your guidance and your holy power to minister to our hearts. Go with us now into this service and lead us through the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Help us to hear Him and follow His leading. In Jesus' name, we ask of me. Let not thy heart envy sinners. There's a lot of Christians today 
There are many of them that are believers following the Lord. Some of them are not growing as they should. May not be as totally dependent on the Lord as they should. May not be reading God's Word as they should and keeping up in a good active communication through prayer, talking with Him. And they'll look upon things that sinners are doing. They'll say they don't seem to have the sickness that we seem to have. They don't seem to have such hardships that we have, but they are. You just aren't seeing them. I'm just not seeing them. See, we don't see all the things that's going on that's happening all the time. We don't see the difficulties that sinners are facing every day. As God is thumping on their hearts with His Spirit to hear Him and turn to Him. I've created you. My Son was sent to die for you. And to give you a complete life. To give you a whole life. To give you an abundant life. Won't you look to Him? Won't you call to Him? Because God doesn't want anyone to perish, does He? No, He doesn't. But yet many can look upon, as believers can look upon sinners with envy. But he said here, he said, don't let your heart envy sinners. Don't let our hearts be desirous of what sinners are enjoying, what they're having, or what they possess. He said, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. All the day long. A caution is given here against entertaining any favorable thoughts of those that are prospering in this world. And yes, believers have a tendency to look upon sinners. They seem to be faring better than me. Well, I'm always having troubles that I'm having. Well, it's a fearful thing. The psalmist David said to fall into the hands of a living God. Amen. Oh, when we come and surrender ourselves unto the guidance of the Lord, there'll be some hard things that comes our way. There's some hard things that sinners experience. Because we're not seeing everything they're doing. They're not seeing all that we're doing. But one thing about it, like what Peter said, I'd rather suffer and have some hardships. I'd rather have some difficulties for doing good things than I have doing evil. That's what Peter said. Peter said, I'd rather suffer for well-doing. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, 
hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Man, for what? He said, suffer for well-doing and suffer for evil-doing. I don't want to suffer for evil-doing. It's easier to bear when you're suffering because of well-doing. Amen. Amen. And you know, a lot of times if we go to suffering, experiences of things, we'll start examining ourselves, won't we? Oh, you know, what have I done? Is it something I've done? That, Lord, is, is it, you know, have I missed, missed you somehow? Have I been disobedient somehow to you in an area of my life that you spoke to me and I ignored you? Is it, you know, is there something, Lord, that we start examining, start checking ourselves? And that's good. Mm -hmm. It is good. See, that's what the psalmist David did. He was a man after God's own heart because there was things that he done if anything begin to make him feel guilty, make him feel shameful of something that perhaps he had done, then he began talking to the Lord. Oh, Lord, cleanse me from this. Help me, Lord. I never went and checked exactly how many times. But I wonder how many times David used that one word in the book of Psalms alone. Help me, Lord. Come and help me. How many times do we use it in a given week? Help me, Lord. God, I need your help. Praise the Lord. Amen. And Solomon here, as he's pinning these words, he said, listen, I can talk to you about prosperity. I can tell you about prosperity. I can tell you how to ruin you. How to bring complete destruction in your life if you focus and trust in riches. Don't get your sight set on those in this world that seem to be prospering. They could be prospering Many times by doing profane things that is totally against God's Word. Totally against God's name. Don't, he said, don't. Don't allow things that they own to get a hold of it. Because you don't have those things. <laughs> you ever heard people say, you know, riding by, boy, that's a, that's a big, beautiful home. Sure would like to have one like that one day. Well, if it's needful for you and God <laughs> to have it, you know, hey, it's a house. It's all it is. Might not be a good home, but could be a nice house. But might not be a good home. That's true. Maybe. That's true. It ain't parked out front either. Whether it's a Lexus or Rose Royce. You know, it ain't that sure enough big, big expensive. Or a 50 foot yacht 
sitting on the side of the garage. It ain't all those things. No. Those things don't make you happy. Just for a while, you might enjoy them. But they'll eventually. They'll eventually control you instead of you controlling me. Yeah. Huh? So I one that told me one time, he said, I always wanted me a Rolex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want me a Rolex. Make enough money when they won't buy me a Rolex. I have a chance to put my little $17 time edge. <laughs> <laughs> I said, bless my sweetheart. I said, I'm not even 30 seconds difference between you and me. $17.95. Walmart special. Versus a $10,800 road. Didn't make time fly any better, did you? Don't get your socks set. On those that seem to be prospering and have prosperity in this world. Let's be focused on what does God expect. Amen. Oh, what does God expect Amen. from me? Praise the Lord. Does God expect me to set my sights that I my greatest desire is to own a Rolex one day? So that I can flash it around. You know, that I wear it on my left hand. I'll always, if I do something, <laughs> won't raise my right hand, do my left one. Everybody can see what I got. <laughs> no, prosperity. Prosperity. You know what prosperity should be to the child of God? That he's got some of the most spiritual riches that God is affording him or her. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Some of the most greatest riches <laughs> is the spiritual blessings that God has bestowed upon us. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord! Praise Amen. the Lord! They were able to enjoy that didn't cost anything. <laughs> it didn't cost nothing. But simple obedience and faith to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, I gotta hurry with these few scriptures here tonight. Help me, Lord. Help me to be obedient to you tonight, Lord. You know, I don't grudge. We're, we're not the grudge. We're not the grudge sinners out there. Or begrudge them. We're not the, you know, begrudge them as to what they've got that I don't have. Let, let's, let's don't begrudge them. And let's don't see them as well you sure are living high on the hog. That's an old statement we say. Or you seem to have the best of everything. But let them see that what we have from the Lord is more valuable than what riches or gold what anything can purchase or possess. What we have from Him 
as things that are eternal values that's going to carry us away from this world. Oh, hallelujah. And nothing is going to go with us but all the spiritual eternal values that the Lord has given to us to live and to enjoy. Amen. Amen. I think about sinners. I think about where their heart and soul is. They're lost and undone. How they need a Savior. And they need someone that will speak life to them. Someone to share life to them that needs to be shared. They need life. They're living happiness in this world, but they're not living a life in this world. They need someone to speak that life to them. The success of sin is costly. Because it destroys their soul. It destroys them. If one seems to have such success as a sinner, it's destroying their soul. Because what they hold valuable is what they can see and put their hands on or embrace it their body. Oh, but many things that you and I embrace. We don't put our hand on it, so to speak. We don't tote it around with us or we don't stand it up. Or we don't place it in a position somewhere for others to look at it apart from us. But it's the things, the treasures that we have on the inside. The beauty that's on the inside of us. I've seen many people through the years kind of like myself. Didn't have a whole lot of looks going for them. <laughs> I'm glad I got my wife when I did. <laughs> <laughs> she saw the beauty on the inside. That's what beauty I want is what's on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I've saw many that's had such a beautiful spirit, a beautiful person on the inside that they're enjoyable to be around. They're comfortable to be with because of such a beautiful spirit about them. The sweetness about their spirit. <coughs> Sinners are to be pitied, not envied. They're to be pitied. Yes, they are. To pity them rather than envy them. And their prosperity is their portion. It's their portion. But it's also their poison. Their prosperity. 
We must live in the fear of the Lord is what he said here in verse 17. We must live in fear of the Lord all the day long. Live in respect, live in reverence to the Lord all the day long of our lives. If we stay focused on that, that I'm living my life in reverence to the Lord, giving Him the reverence that He deserves all the day long. Every day. All the day long. Exercising ourselves in His adorning that He's placed upon us. He's allowing us to experience. God has adorned us with a beautiful spirit, a meek spirit, a gentle spirit, a quiet spirit, a godly spirit that He's adorned us as His children with. And we're to be in subjection to His precepts or in subjection to His commands as we walk each day in this life. We're to be submissive to His providence. Amen. What God is divinely providing for you and for me each day that I live all the day long on this earth. Praise the Lord. And we're to do it with constant care to please Him. All the days of our life, brothers and sisters, we must constantly keep an awe of God upon our spirit. Letting others know, oh my Lord, He's the greatest. My God's the best. I love the Jesus. Amen. I love what the Holy Ghost does. Praise the Lord. Yes. We're to keep an constant, uh, a constant hope of God. God upon our spirit. While we're doing that, paying respectfulness to His authority. Respectfulness. In deference to His authority. God, I'm giving respectfulness to Your authority. You are the supreme law of this land. Of this world that I live. You are, Lord, the supreme authority. While each of us is keeping a dread of His wrath on our minds as we share Him with others. See, I keep a, that dread of wrath on my mind if I'm talking to a sinner. You don't know how fortunate you are. All that God has to do is withhold your breath for just a little bit. You wouldn't be here anymore. Yeah. 
many sinners don't have that dread upon their lives of if God withheld their bread for I said you can go without breathing for maximum is like about eight minutes unless I'm wrong I need to be corrected but about eight minutes you can go without your brain having the proper oxygen that it needs for your brain to become effective if, and it'll be effective if you're not breathing you're not taking in oxygen oh what does God expect from me <laughs> for me little old me well he don't expect any more from me that he expects from you <laughs> remember if we respect persons we commit sin that's what his word tells us if we respect persons God doesn't respect you above me or me above you. Amen. He expects the same from all of us. And he treats every one of his children alike. He don't play favorites. Imagine that. Our God don't play favorites. Aren't you thinking about that? You know, it's like, well, boy, he's going to give me the ice and you're just going to get the cake. I'm going to get the cake and the ice. You know, don't I? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the uh, the put or I'll put it this way. I'm gonna get the uh, I'm gonna get the ice cream on top of mine. So you ain't gonna get ice cream on top of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I believe everybody in here kind of likes uh, having peach cobbler, don't you? I've already heard the terms of peach cobbler. Uh, it just wouldn't be right. Sister, he'd give you a peach cobbler, but he'd give me mine last week. <laughs> and you'd say, well, where's mine? Wouldn't that be your response? Where is mine? I, I want some too. So I'm glad God doesn't play favorites. Amen. That he treats us all the same. And he loves us all the same. And he helps us and enables all of us the same. But it seems like that some depend more totally upon him than others. And it seems like sometimes that I got to enjoy something that you didn't get to enjoy. <laughs> or you got to enjoy something that I didn't get to enjoy. Why? Because you had more of a dependency upon the Lord of what you was desiring of Him. You got a little extra. Was you desiring more of God? Hungry for more of Him in your life? Wanting more? Yes, Lord. Yes. There were surely, He said, to the sinners. To the sinners that are prospering. He said they were surely coming in. That's what he said. Verse 18. For surely 
there's an end. There's going to come an end. There's going to come a judgment day. There's going to come an end to things of this world. But he said, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. All the things that I'm going to get to receive is not going to be cut off. The good that He's sending me, the good that He's sending you as His child, as His children, is not going to be cut off. It's going to be enhanced. It's going to get better. Amen. But for those that are lost, those that are sinners, there's going to come an end. It's going to end one day. Then what do you have? That prosperity will end. What will you do then? Where will you turn to? When that end comes, that what he is saying here, it ain't just connected to a, a prosperity. He says, for the sinner that is being envied, there's going to come an end. And when that end comes, it's going to be the beginning of a bad day. It's going to be the beginning. Of a bad day that's going to just begin for the sinner, for the lost. But he said, But thine, your expectation, the child of God's expectation, won't be cut off. For the Christian, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. There may be a time when we come to the close, and there will be, come to the close of our life, our time on this earth, that our work will end. Our service to the Lord will end. Our warfare with Satan will end. The fight of the flesh coming against the spirit will end. We will be getting a reward. We'll be getting a reward, church. The eternal prize that we've been looking for. The joy of our faith will rise to a maximum, praise the Lord. Amen. And the love, praise the Lord, that we've embraced through our journey, through our life, is going to be magnified even more so. Praise His name. Praise His name. Our expectation is not going to be cut off. It's going to get added to. But the sinner is going to come to an end. It's going to be cut off.
be. Then he said in verse 19, he said, Hear thou my son, and be wise. And guide thine heart in the way. Guide thine heart in the way. In what way? In God's way. In a righteous way. A godly way that honors Him. God's done for What is God expecting from you and from me? He is expecting our whole heart, not some of us. He's expecting our whole mind. He wants to take charge as we give obedience to Him to our thinking cap. Oh, Solomon said too, as a man thinks, so is he. <clears throat> I only give my thinking to the Lord. God, help me to think. Help me to think good thoughts. Amen. Help me to think thoughts that are pure, that are lovely and just. Amen. That are praiseworthy of good virtue. Help me to think good thoughts, Lord. Amen. Help my body, Lord, to be your body, the temple of the Holy Ghost. And as David said, my soul waiteth on thee all the day long, Lord. Let my soul wait upon you, Lord. All my total being. God wants our loyalty. He wants our devotion. Our obedience. Our faithfulness. Yes, He does. He wants our perseverance. God wants the works that we're able to do. Yes, He does. He wants tithes from our increases. He wants offerings. Supporting other means of ministry. He wants us to love each other. He wants us to help each other. And share with each other. He wants us to pray for each other. He wants us to be all that we can be through Him to one another and to Him as He leads us. He wants us to be what we cannot be of ourselves. Amen. What does God expect from me? He expects me to be His. You purchased me, Lord. I belong to you. I belong to you. I'm going to close with the scripture. Jeremiah. Familiar passage. You've read it probably. Heard it spoke on the radio. It's a scripture you hear quite often. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11. He said, I know the thoughts See, what God expects from us is our all. Not part, not some, but our all. God expects all. And He said, I know the thoughts. God was telling His people this through Jeremiah. The thoughts, He said, that I have towards you. 
What you think God is thinking towards you and towards me this very moment? Is He pleased with the thoughts that He is thinking towards us as He or seeing? He, he's seeing us being obedient to Him. As I was just saying, you know, being devoted, being faithful. He's seeing, you know, the persevering that we are in our walk, our journey, our faith, that we're following Him as He's leading. He said, I know those thoughts I have for you. And He said, there's thoughts of peace. Oh, I want you, I want you to know what my comfort is. Because my comfort's going to sustain you. It's going to help you with all the troubles that's around that's going around and around and around in this world. And some troubles that you get exposed to. He said, I want my peace to sustain you and keep you. Amen. It's going to help you to allow me to keep leading. It's going to allow me to keep guiding you. Praise the Lord. That peace, you're not going to be alarmed. You're not going to be overwhelmed. You're not going to be disturbed by these things going on around you. But you're going to have thoughts of peace. And those thoughts of peace, you're going to be able to look out and you're going to see the sinner out there and the turmoil and all the problems their life is twisted up in. Knowing that they need to be reached with the gospel. They need to be reached with the message of our Lord. They need to be reached with His message. Amen. They need to deliver. They need help. Amen. And He said, I, I'm going to give you an expected end. God's going to give you and me an expected end. You know what that expected end is? All that He has prepared for those that love Him and look for His appearing. He's coming back. Oh yeah, we've heard that. They told Peter, ever since our fathers fell asleep, our old ancient fathers, we've heard He's coming. You know, some of the old men that well, they've gone on, but we've heard that before us today. He's coming. But Jesus' warning was, and the gospel was, when that happens, be ready. Be ready. Be ready. And what you expect from me, you're going to get it. Because what I expected from you, you gave it. Isn't that a good testimony? I gave it to the Lord. I gave him my all. So that little boy said to his dad, you know, Dad, he said, why did Jesus hang on the cross with his arms stretched out? He said, couldn't they have put his arms together like this? He said, son, he just showed the world how much he loved him. Amen. Amen. Stretched out his arm and said, I love you this much. He said, That's a big love, isn't it, Dad? He said, It is. It's a big love. God loves us. And what he expects from us, he knows 
that every one of us is capable, is capable to do. And we can obtain that crown that is laid up for you and laid up for me and everyone. That is a righteous crown. We can attain that righteous crown when we exit this life and life is over for us here. We can obtain that righteous crown. Oh my. What a joyous day that's going to be. What a day, glorious day that will be. When my Jesus, I shall see. When he takes me by the hand and he leads me through the promise. Hallelujah, the promise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory. Oh, what a day. A glorious day that's going to be. You know, our minds have a, have a challenge to fathom the love that the Lord has for us. The love God has. When we say, you know, if God would just do so and so, that, you know, things would, would change and get better. God's did everything. That he possibly could do. As one would say, the whole stage has been set before us. Now it's up to us to do. To reach out for it. To embrace it. And say, it's mine. I'll ever cling to the Lord. Amen. What a love. What a love. It makes me want to just keep loving, loving, loving. Amen. You sing that song, I love Him more and more every day. <coughs> I love the Lord more every day. Every day. More and more and more. I love the Lord every day. I can't get enough of His love. 